today. I want to sit down and open God's Word together today. Uh, I, of course, over the last eight or nine weeks or so, have uh, been asking God, what am I supposed to preach about once I get back to it? Um, and uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. I've spent a lot of time not sure what I should preach in this kind of spring season of the church in the year, but uh, this past week, as I continued to think and pray, I just felt like what I wanted to convey to you this morning primarily is how important God's Word is in your life. How important God's Word is in your life. That may seem like an overstatement. It might seem, well, we know that, you know. Most of you, many of you have grown up in the church. You've had four or five or six Bibles in your house. Probably all of you have a Bible today. If you don't, you want one. We have some for people that might not have one. But I want you to know having a Bible at your house, having it on your coffee table, having it in your locker, having it in a desk drawer, having it up on a shelf, isn't what God wants. God wants the core of his heart to be in your heart. And the way that you find the heart of God is by humbly listening to what God says. And the Bible's the place to get it. The scripture's the place to get it. God has so much truth for us. It's not that this is a magical book. It's that it's God's truth. And God's Holy Spirit can take what's in here and apply it to your life. And I don't, I don't care whether you're six or you're even four and you're starting to read or you're 104. God's truth can speak to your heart and your life. Some of the basic things that you've heard all your life, the stories you've heard, you could quote them just about. I want you to know that even today, you could read that story, and if your heart's open, God would speak to you about that. And so uh, I just want to emphasize that this morning. I want to start a new series, a sermon series in the book of Acts. Acts is the fifth book of the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the Gospels. Each of those writers tell the stories about Jesus. And then you have the book of Acts, where there's a continuation of that ministry of Jesus after his resurrection. And so today I want to talk a little bit about the book of Acts and about what it says about this topic that I've already mentioned, about the importance of the Word of God in your heart and and in your life. Um, it's a great book, and it's for the church today. Uh, the book of Acts is a story in many ways of the early church. And some... It's a great book. It's a great storybook. John, would you come up and move those flowers for me? I appreciate that. I know it only affects a few people, but boy, do I like to look people in the eyes. Tim Martin, I want to look you in the eye today. You know, that's one advantage of sitting. I'm kind of a little bit eye level with some of you in the front, so watch out. And I want to say to the people in the back, I don't know if it's harder for you to focus when you're in the back or not. I don't do well in the back. I'm always watching people. So that's why if I have the opportunity, I'm not affected by something. I don't, I don't like to sit in the back. But I want you to know you're important today. 
you might think you're back there and pre preacher can't, can't see you. Well, we did have some secret cameras put up in the back, so I can see what you're doing. You know, with all our technology, you just never know who's watching when, where. Say something to the people. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're seeking God with your heart. I hope that coming to church is because you want to know what God says to you. And I want to say to the people in the middle, you guys always sit in the same spot every week. You are so predictable. To the inch, just about. And I'm glad you're here. And I hope you're here to seek God's spirit. And the people toward the front. You know I like people in the front. It helps preachers for some reason. Our teens right there, I just love that row. That's great, thank you. But I want to I want to say to you in the front, being here isn't what connects you to God. No. It's what you do with what God says to you. And you can go to church all your life and totally miss out on the power and the Spirit of God. Or you can feel in your heart God has something to say to me, and I'm hearing that. Amen. John just said his favorite verse in the Bible, I don't know if you could hear it, is thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There's another verse that I love. John, that verse is part of my sermon. It's another part of that, another verse in Psalm 119, and you've heard it many times, but we haven't read it in a while here. You go to that next slide. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's so true. If your heart's open to God's spirit, whether you're in the front, the middle, or the back, sing that with me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The book of Acts can be described in, in many ways. Number one, I think, of the book of Acts as it is the continuation of the life of Jesus. It is a continuation of the influence of Jesus. It's a continuation of the story of Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, when he ascended into heaven, didn't mean that it was all over with Jesus. In fact, his role today in heaven at the right hand of God, interceding for the saints, is as important. They're all important as when he walked the, the, uh, the streets of the earth. Jesus is praying for you today. That's what the Bible says. Jesus is praying for us the book of Acts is the continuation of the story of Jesus, the influence of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the faith of Jesus uh, that continued as Jesus went to heaven, the Holy Spirit came down and gave power to the witnesses, to the apostles first, and then to all those that would receive the Lord Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Spirit. The book of, of Acts is a continuation of that story of Jesus. The book of Acts is a proclamation of the heart of Jesus. If you want to know what Jesus thought and did, 
The book of Acts is among the Gospels in telling you the heart of Jesus. What was important to Jesus? What did he want the church to know? What did he want the early church apostles to know? And just as real, what does he want us to know today in the church? The books of of Acts is the, the telling of the spreading of the story, the spreading of the gospel, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. It is a historical record. It is history. It is a record of the history of Christianity in the first century of the church. Not, of course, does it have all the details. No book or volume of books could have every detail, but it gives us the basic things that God wanted us to know about the early church. So we can go back and learn about those things. You know, I've heard people say, all my ministry, well, we just got to go back and be like the early church. Well, that's probably true in some ways. There's some principles that we derive out of the book of Acts and putting them into practice today, but we are in a different century, in a different culture, in a different world, and we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to show us how to live out the faith in the 21st century. The book of Acts is the story of the early church. What happened, and who was involved, and where did they come from, and what about the amazing miracles that took place in the early church, and how does that fit in today, and and how did God intervene in people's lives and set in motion this amazing movement that became called Christianity? If you just look at how quickly Christianity spread in the first three centuries of the church, it's an amazing, miraculous story in itself. How could this Jewish man who was killed by the Romans, how could his story and his life and his faith have so much influence over the world? and move around from Jerusalem and Judea and throughout the uttermost parts of the earth. The story of the book of Acts is the story of the early church. It's also a story of the Acts of the Apostles. And we think of, in fact, some Bibles say that, the Acts of the Apostles, because it tells the story of these men early on, and others, and women, but especially these 11 men who Jesus had handpicked to be his witnesses and his disciples. And among other things, there's many other things that you could say about the book of Acts, but, uh, but probably one of the most dominant things is the book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit and how important the Holy Spirit is to Christianity. We think of God the Father and we think of God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit is also so important to our faith and important to the church today. And if you have a vision of God the Father and you have a vision of Jesus the Son, but you don't have a vision of the Holy Spirit, you are missing so much of what God wants you to connect to Him with in your life. The Holy Spirit is so important. The day of Pentecost is described in the early chapters of of the book of Acts is an amazing story of a change, of, of a new chapter in God's relationship with man. The Holy Spirit as a Christian, as a believer, is important to you. The Bible says that when you become a believer in Jesus and you accept him as Lord and Savior, God sends his Holy Spirit to come inside of you. He's there. To what degree he helps you depends on you. To what degree he guides your life depends on whether your your life is open to his Spirit or your life is not open to his Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to every Christian, every believer. If you are a believer today, the Holy Spirit is present in your life. That doesn't mean that he has the fullness of freedom 
to guide your life. That's a decision that comes as you weigh and you decide who you are and who's going to be in charge of your life. But the book of Acts talks so much about the Holy Spirit and how important it is. I, don't, I want to invite you to the first chapter of the book of Acts. I'm going to read the first eight verses this morning from the book of Acts. Um, and then we're going, to, we're going to look at a few things about the background of the book of Acts. And then I want to get to my main point today, which I've already talked about. And that is, how important is this book to you and why is it important? Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave him this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you going at this time to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's a lot to look at. The book of Acts was written by a man named Luke, the same man who wrote the gospel of Luke. And so two out of the first five books of the New Testament are thought to have been written by the same man, his name was Luke. This is his second book. And when you read the book of Luke and then you read the book of Acts, you put them together, they are like, they're just one book, but they're divided and called two different things. Some of the same language that's used in the book of Luke is also used, especially the introduction to the book. In these first few verses, the writing of Luke is unique. Luke focused on certain things. We talk about each gospel has a particular focus. Luke does focus a lot on the Spirit. He certainly does in the book of Acts as he describes the Holy Spirit, but there's more references to the Spirit in Luke's gospel than the other writers. Luke was unique in, in his ministry and what God called him to do. The second book, the book of Acts, you just think of it, it's a continuation of the story. Take Luke and take Acts together if you want to read about who Jesus is. If you want to hear Jesus' heart, read Luke and, and read Luke and read Acts together. They are almost seamless. In fact, the last chapter of the book of Luke and the first part of the chapter of the book of Acts, it's kind of an intertwining of the, of the descriptions of what happened, as if he just kept writing, but somebody cut it in half and, and pulled it apart. They overlap. The overlap is the description of the 40 days that Jesus had on earth after he rose from the dead. You know that Jesus had 40 full days with his disciples after he is resurrected from the dead before he went to heaven. So my thought is this morning, let's see what happened during those 40 days. What was important about the 40 days with Jesus? We know that 40 days is an important time. I mean, Jesus' ministry began with 40 days in the wilderness and temptation. He was baptized, and he went into the wilderness for 40 days. And I was thinking, comparing that, okay, those 40 days at the beginning... 
and then you have 40 days in the, in, uh, uh, after his resurrection, before his ascension into heaven. The book of Acts also traces the Great Commission and how it was embraced and lived out in the first century. And so the book of Acts kind of continues the teaching of Jesus with his 11 apostles. Now Judas was gone, and how they put into practice all these things that Jesus had taught them. There are a lot of stories in the book of Acts. I mean, they're interesting stories. There are some stories that kind of just leave you shaking your head and saying, wow, there's some stories in there that will definitely, if you have a heart that's open, it will challenge your faith. It will challenge your perception of God. And it will challenge you about who you are. Some of the stories in there are incredible. I was thinking last night, I couldn't get my mind off the story of Stephen. So I hope we come to that, Lord willing, sometime here. Incredible stories about what faith is and what it means to say, I'm walking with God. I'm not making any excuses. I belong to him and I'm going to serve him. They're just incredible stories. And, and how those stories got spread across, I mean, out of this Jewish Jerusalem. I mean, Judea was a great province, but, it, you know, it wasn't the world. It was one little Roman province at the time. But within 120 years, the gospel had spread to the whole Roman Empire, and, uh, and it, it was changing the world. The second half of the book of Luke really tells the story of the apostle Paul, one man that God called and used in a mighty way. His name was Saul, and he was a persecutor of the Christian. And then uh, God met him on the road to Damascus and changed his heart, and he believed. And then God was able to take the abilities that Saul had and the fervor that he had, the passion that he had, the brains that he had, the energy that he had, and he set Paul loose in the early church, telling the story, spreading the word, writing the letters, preaching, uh, arguing, confronting, leading people to faith in Jesus. The second half of the book of Acts is about Paul and his story and his life and his travels and, and all that he did, planting churches and preaching and influencing being a mentor to people who would continue the gospel and continue to, to preach. Well, our text today, coming back to our text today, describes these 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus into heaven. I want to point some things out from this today. I want you to, to hear what happened during those 40 days. Verse 3 says, After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. So he appeared over 40 days, and those 40 days had purpose. It wasn't just, well, you know, about seven weeks or so, you know, and then I'm going to be gone, but it had purpose. 40 days with Jesus had great purpose. So what did he do for those 40 days? What was so significant Uh I said earlier that he was tempted his first 40 days of ministry. And in the last 40 days of ministry, his focus was on teaching. It was helping people to understand the story of who he was, what he did, and what he wanted for the early church. So what he said during those 40 days are very important. We don't have a lot of information about that, but we do have information that his teaching was so important. 
So when we think about what did Jesus teach, it's good to go back to what he said about the 40 days during that time. We know that he appeared, uh, Corinthians tells us, Paul later writes and says that Jesus appeared to over 500 people during those, those 40 days. Most of them, I would think, presumably were those his followers, those that, that believed in him, maybe those early converts who, who saw him raised from the dead, and they knew that he had to be who he said he was. I mean, it's one thing for Jesus to claim he was a son of God and then die. Just imagine what it was like for people when he came back and he was alive and he said, I'm the son of God. I would think that would be far more convincing. And we read that verse where he showed many convincing proofs. A lot of things Jesus talked about during that 40 days was to show what he had said and how it, how it was accomplished. How did he fulfill what he said he would do? How did he fulfill the Old Testament prophecies? I mean, on the road to Emmaus, we read last week uh, in another, another place how for two and a half hours or so, he walked along the road to Emmaus, and he just explained to them from Moses, from the writings, uh, uh, from the law, uh, from all the Old Testament, basically. He explained all that it said about the Messiah and how he fulfilled it. So for these 40 days, he's saying, okay, you have the Old Testament Jews. You know some of the prophecies. Maybe you understand them, maybe you don't. But the, the, the point is, um, these are the prophecies. Let me show you how they're fulfilled. And boy, when he did that, they were convinced. Two men on the road to Emmaus said, after he left them, he said, boy, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked and he opened the scriptures. And I think that's the power of the Bible, opening our hearts to who God really is. Man, there is so much junk out there. There is so much to focus on. There are so many things to listen to and to watch and books to read and magazines and movies. And, and there's so much out there that you can get your life focused on. And I say, especially to our young people, whether in the front or the back, you've got to choose what's going to influence your life. You've got to choose what it is that's going to govern how you think and how you're going to live your life. God's word is the way to get rooted in what is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's so true. He has truth for every single one of us. He gave them convincing proofs. I don't know what all they were that were how he did it, but I just imagine some of them were just the the scars in his hands, and, and for them to say, boy, I, I've been with you, and I know what you look like, and it's you. Hear his voice, his mannerisms. Maybe he told some of the same parables. and He said, remember when I talked about that story about the man who had two sons? And one of them said, let me have my inheritance, and I'll go. And, and he brings that back, and then he explains the heart of God. Or you remember when I talked about that shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one of them was lost. What does the shepherd do? He goes and he finds that one and rejoices. I can just see for those 40 days, Jesus is bringing back all those things that he taught them and he's giving meaning and fullness to them. He focused on explaining, explaining the idea of the kingdom of heaven. That's another term that Luke uses very often, the kingdom of heaven. God, Jesus talked about this new 
this new time period, this new era of the kingdom of heaven. Some people say it's the same as the, is the time period of the church. We're to live in a kingdom. We're to see the kingdom in a different category than we see Pennsylvania and the United States. And, and spiritually, we're to see life as the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So, so many of the parables that start out, the kingdom of heaven is like this, is Jesus' way of saying, this is how you should think about your life. This is how you should think about truth. The kingdom of heaven is so important. Look again at verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read them again. Notice, notice what it is that Jesus is recorded to have done. it. You can look at it on the screen if you want to. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit. So what does Luke say here? He says, for 40 days, Jesus is giving instructions. For 40 days, he's teaching. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in tune with the Holy Spirit. These disciples don't get it yet. They won't get it. On the day of Pentecost, something just crazy breaks loose. And they begin to understand so much more who Jesus is and the power of his stories, the power of his example, the power of his his teaching, his miracles, his parables. But notice that after giving instructions. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I kind of pretty much know it all. No. When we quiet ourselves before the word of God, we learn so much. We learn so much when we, when we hear him. In, I, I, talk, I talked about the seamless book of Luke and the book of Acts. The very last chapter of the book of Luke is chapter 24. Look at verse 45, parts of verse 45 to 47. Again, what it is, what is it that Luke says was the focus for 40 days? Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name in all nations. But look at that. What's he doing? He opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Jesus wants you to understand the power of the Bible, the power of his stories, to absorb them. Not like you just get your book out and you read it as fast as you can, and one minute I can read that chapter. You know, great. No, what he wants you to do is hear what God says when he speaks to you. He opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. So, in a word, what was Jesus doing all this time? I believe what Jesus doing was teaching. He was explaining. He was expounding. He was applying all that he had taught. And he invites the early church to be sure that they absorb that. You remember even in the Great Commission, what did Jesus tell us to do? There's a couple different great commissions, one in Matthew and another one, but the one I'm thinking of, Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, I just pulled out that phrase. It says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Think about that. When he said to the disciples, this is what I want you to do, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Everything. Everything Jesus said has value. 
everything has more than just words on a page. It has spiritual value. The words of Jesus. The stories of Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His words are powerful. His stories are powerful. His parables are powerful. Today, as you know, and I've said it maybe too too many times, I want to remind this church and remind every single one of us how important God's Word is to our lives. Don't take it for granted. Don't let that book sit on the shelf. And the only place that that book has any value is as a decoration in your life or in your locker or in your workplace or in your desk. God's Word is so powerful that God would help us to have faith to hear it and to have a humble heart toward it. It becomes alive and meaningful and rich and deep when it's planted in your heart and you have a humble spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, we'll come to that later in the book of Acts, is specifically to to explain, to give insight to what Jesus said. So when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, he's teaching us from the heart of Jesus how important that is. John, you've got one of my key verses, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I shall not sin against thee. Notice about that. It's not, well, I memorized this verse back when I was nine, but it's I've hidden it in my heart. I've hidden it. I mean, I have taken time to put it in there and make sure that it's safeguarded and and that God's Spirit can speak to me through it that I might not sin against thee. tell you, when you have God's word in your heart and you're in tune with the Spirit, God will keep you from going down paths that will hurt you. You'll be tempted no matter, no matter how long you're a Christian, you'll be tempted. But when you have God's word hidden in, hidden in your heart, it will help you to take the right steps. I tell you, it'll help you to hear God's Spirit. It'll help you to hear God when he says, hey, that's not what's best for you. Hey, You really need to check that. Hey, that attitude really isn't what I want for you or that habit. You know that that's not what I want for you and I'm going to help you with that. When you have Jesus deep down in there, boy, it helps you to be able to stand up for what's right and do what's right. Look, too, at the description of the early church. Uh, Acts chapter 3, in the early church, look at the description. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's number one. What was the apostles' teaching? It was the words of Jesus. Everything Jesus had taught them. They devoted themselves to it. That's the first of the four. I mean, we love this. Everybody loves this verse, who's a Christian. We always go back. This is the early church. This is what we do. But what did they do first? It was the apostles' teaching, which was the heart of Jesus. Oh, we need that. We need that in this culture. We need that against all the philosophical and devastating ways of thinking about life that bring pain and sin. We need the freshness and the beauty and the wonder of the words of Jesus. His simplicity, his depth. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We need to be devoted. And I'll say we need to be as a church devoted to teaching people God's word. I know that seems like an obvious thing, but it's true. 
Boy, it's true in our Sunday school classes. I'll just say as a pastor, sometimes I, I don't do a good job of some things. I don't know what's going on in every Sunday school class, but I just want to say to our church, we've got to make sure that we're rooted in the words of Jesus and the message of Jesus. There's a lot of things that we can think about, and most of them are very valuable, but rooted in the words of Jesus and the message of Jesus. We need good teachers. We need teachers who work hard and study and ask God to help them and who aren't perfect, but they're doing their best. We need to have a, a, a faithful desire to hear and to listen and to practice and to live out the Word of God. I think of Sunday school. I think of the ministry of the church. And, you know, sometimes we're doing well and sometimes we're not doing as well. Sometimes I wonder what's better out there than going and listening to the Bible. And what is it we got going on that's more important to us than being together and talking about God's Word? Is the Sabbath shrinking so much? I mean... If we don't hear Jesus' heart, then we miss what Jesus wants for our lives. Pray that we would have teachers. Pray that we have more teachers. We have a need for teachers in our church. We have a need for teachers for our children. We have people that are just working so hard week in and week out, and I'm so thankful for every one of you. We have some people that have been working so hard that they're almost burned out. I'm praying God bring some new teachers into our church. May people wake up. May there be people that say, I want to know what Jesus said, and I want to communicate that to children, parents out there. What's your priority with your kids? I mean, I I know there's so many things to do. There's so many great activities. Man, soccer wasn't big when I was a kid, but it is now. Other things were big then. I don't have anything against soccer. And I, I know you think, oh, I'm preaching at you. No, I'm not. Please don't think I am. I'm just saying you've got to have a place and you've got to have a priority with your kids of learning. I love Bible quizzing in our church. It's a great ministry. We have a great number of kids. We have something like 11 kids going to World Quiz. I'm just so thrilled about that. I could almost dance. Um, but some of the rest of you, I don't know where your kids are, are getting. Uh, boy, if they don't get those stories in their, in their hearts and their lives... Man, they're going to be teenagers. They'll have no idea what Jesus said about forgiveness. They'll have no idea what Jesus said about sexuality. They will be disconnected from the Word of God unless we intentionally. I feel like I'm talking more than I'm preaching. I just want to say we've got, we've got to honor this. We don't want to lose I don't want the church to be dead in 40 years because we don't know God's Word. Pray about that. Priority. Who Jesus is. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. That's a simple Very simple verse, what God says to you and I. You know, crave, crave, crave like a little baby. You know how a little baby is. When do babies cry? When they they need their diaper changed or when they're hungry. 
hungry. Oh, until they get that, they can really cry, you know, thinking, do we need more hunger in the church? Do we need more hunger for what Jesus said? That's the challenge today. I should finish the verse so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. What are you filling your mind and heart with? Uh, I hope seeking God's spirit. We need an appetite. Young people, I want to challenge you to have an appetite. I know sometimes we're so busy, we've got so much uh, inputs, distractions, things to do, social media, the phone. As some of you know, it just drives me crazy when people are playing around on their phone in service. I told you that once before. Yeah, it's all about do we really want the things of God or not? That's really what that's about. It's not whether or not this old man can't get used to the new things. It's about what do you want in your life and your heart. Challenge you today. Parents, what about your children? You know, we can fill ourselves with junk food or we can crave the sincere milk of the word. Well, the book of Acts has 28 chapters. So I'm going to ask today as a practical thing. I would like to ask all of you who are willing to read the book of Acts over the next 28 days. 28 chapters, 28 days. That's pretty easy. Maybe a chapter a day. You know, sometimes when I'm doing something like this, what I do is the first day I read the first chapter, the second day I read the first two chapters, and, you know, depending on how much time, you know. I just read it over and over and over again. And when you do it, if you just have a heart that says, God, hey, I'm going to try. I'm going to listen. I'm going to try to shut I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to whatever you need to do, you know, and say, God, I'm going to give you a chance. God, I'm going to give you a chance to speak to my heart about me and who I am. I just want to ask you today if you'd be willing to do that. In fact, I don't ask for hands very much, you know that. But I do want to challenge you, and I want to ask you today, would everybody close their eyes but me? You know I don't do this very often, so. But I really want to ask you sincerely if you would make a promise today that you'll read the 28 chapters of the book of Acts in the next 28 days. Just put up your hand if you'd be willing to do that. I think that if you do, I mean, not that... Doing it in 28 days matters. Uh, not that doing it a certain way matters. And not that I ask you to raise your hand matters. Really, it doesn't. You know that. In God's spirit. In closing today, we're going to watch a video. It's about three minutes long, and, and then we'll be finished. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, giving thought to the work of God in your life.